Hello, and welcome to the Applicant Podcast. I'm Rebecca Tripp, and today I have Cassia Piper joining me for the second part of her interview. The first part can be found on episode two. Um, And today we're going to just be discussing more about her role as a paralegal and current position that she has now. So without further ado, here she is again. (laughs) Hello, Cassia, and welcome to the podcast for a second time. Uh, Why don't we start off by you quickly introducing yourself again and telling us a little bit about what you currently do. Uh, My name is Cassia Piper. I am currently on mat leave for my in-house paralegal position with a property management firm here in Peterborough. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, So on the last episode, we talked about your educational journey. Um, So moving forward, um, I would like to start off by asking you if you could explain a little bit about your transition from being a full-time student to joining the workforce and being a full-time employee. For sure. I found my placement through my restaurant position. I was serving uh, Laura Brunch and she let me come into her office and watch her for 120 hours. And from there, they offered me a job to start right after those 120 hours started. And the the transition for me was pretty smooth because of the type of role it was in. I was working more in proactive measures then reactive and being preventative rather than trying to chase after people, just starting those communications, starting those relationships with our tenants, with our commercial tenants, residential tenants, with my maintenance staff, with the owners, and just ensuring that there was open communication and transparency throughout. So I think when I did the transition from student to workforce, it wasn't hard for me because I had treated school like a Monday to Friday nine to five Mm -hmm. when I worked Monday to Friday nine to five it just worked out well for me I I would I had that I had a lifestyle that I could maintain during school that it was just a full-time job around classes Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm explaining that well (laughs) no you are you are I remember you being um a student different from myself that was like, this is going to be my nine to five job. I'm going to go to school in the morning. I'm going to come home in the afternoon and like try to limit the amount of homework I do, which was a very different approach than I have, um, which is uh, I am going to do my homework all the time and evenings and weekends are where I'm going to focus on it. Sometimes I might procrastinate and leave it to Sunday. Um, And I really did admire the way that you approached it. And I think part of the reason why you approached it the way you did is because you were a returning student. You had gone down the path before of of being a student and trying different ways of, of tackling it. And you found a routine that worked well for you, which was like a scheduled nine to five. Um, so I personally remember you like transitioning to being a full-time worker and it wasn't that much of a change because you had already um, set that schedule up for yourself before you were even um, working. So yeah, I remember that being a good transition for you and it, and it wasn't too much of a struggle. <laughs> well, I think I think more of the struggle was that I was still serving through S for school. So I served 
evenings and brunch every weekend. So then when I transitioned into the full-time position with Ash Burnham, from Ash Burnham, that's another thing. Yeah. I, <laughs> I then was able to drop my brunch shifts, which were, it was like so freeing. So I think any transition for me was more freeing than stressful. Cause I just got way more time back. Yeah. Yeah. And to just um, kind of add to what you're saying. So you used to work at Ashburnham Alehouse on Hunter Street in Peabrook. And then you switched over to Ashburnham Realty on Hunter Street in, in Peterborough. And I just, I think that's so funny, but it, um, it wasn't too surprising because you are so involved in the Peterborough community. Um, I just, I thought that was funny um, how the transition like really sounded the same. Like, yeah, I work at Ashburnham and, and no one really knew which job you were talking about. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so for those that don't know, would you mind explaining a bit about the paralegal profession and its connection to landlord-tenant law. So like you were saying, you work at Ashburnham Realty um, as an in-house paralegal. So can you just kind of connect the two for people that are listening to this? So paralegals uh, have a limited scope of practice, one of them being tribunals, which the landlord and tenant board falls within. So paralegals are legally able to represent tenants and landlords or landlords in tribunals and, and dispute resolutions. Uh, my office is the property owner, developer, manager, all in one. We have over a thousand tenants, commercial and residential. And so a big part of my job would be doing a lot of kind of legally, bringing the legalese into layman's terms. So mm -hmm. I, I think that's one thing that we learned a lot in school was underland the Shakespeareanness of the law world and trying to bring it into terms that our clients um, and customers can can understand yeah so your position requires you to communicate often um, with your company's tenants um, so can you can you tell us a little bit more about that part of your job so we my coworker, Laura, and I work as the first point of contact for inquiries, issues, anything like that, that come from tenants and non-tenants. Uh, my role as well, I, I took on a bit of maintenance-related tasks. So I, I then talked to a lot of distributors and different trades people. And... So communication is definitely very important in our role. And, and I've done some training on like empathetic listening. We've done training through the CMHA just regarding mental health and the right types of languages to use and maybe not use, just listening. And so I think communication within our office and externally is the most important part of it is to that we're reflecting the owners that we're reflecting the brand that we are we are very community minded we volunteer from the community we spend money within the community we promote the community and i think that the downtown is definitely better to have by having paul bennett in it so i think that it's pretty cool to be a part of that and just to see the improvements that he's doing and knowing that my work reflects him and so communicating with people keeping an open communication, 
keeping that constant follow-up um, just allows people to have that bit of comfort and stability that you want in housing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what advice would you have for young adults that are wanting to get their first apartment and they, they haven't been a tenant before? I do see a lot of first-time renters. They aren't always selected because they don't have the, they haven't had this conversation with anybody before. So Mm -hmm. a lot of first-time renters, I tell them to kind of take a look at their last couple of years, uh, see if there's anybody that they could use as a reference. That could be anything from gym teacher to your person that you babysat for somebody if you did a paper route if you tutored anything like that like those are people that you want to be collecting those reference letters just about your character maybe you never lived with them but a lot of those skills are transferable a lot of those skills are things that are like different loyalties and stuff like that like that looks good when you're applying for a renting position the other thing as a first-time renter that you should consider is requiring a co-signer. A lot of people don't have credit or might have bad credit when they first start renting just because they're kids and yeah had a cell phone they didn't pay for for a year that was maybe under their friend's name. <laughs> it's dealt with now and it's all better but things as a 17 year old I never thought would affect my life or anybody's life really. I lost the phone and I just didn't pay for it because I didn't have yeah. it anymore. That stuff affects you. So I think thinking about that before making decisions and talking to your loved ones or people that you know will help support you and letting them know that like you might need a co-signer in the future and what that looks like for you and your relationship with them because that's important. Yeah. And and going back to what you were saying about references, um, I feel like when you are a first-time tenant or maybe applying to a job for the first time, um, it's hard to have references. And so you have to get creative. Like you said, a gym teacher. I remember when I was applying for jobs when I was like 16 and I had never worked before, um, I had my dance teachers be my references and they were um, happy to be my references and they understood why I needed them to be my references. And um, yeah, I I think you do have to be creative when you are young um, because those things are important and you have to start somewhere, right? Like everyone doesn't have a reference at some point. (laughs) You you just have to get the ball ball rolling. um, And and, I know that our office is, yeah, our office is like understanding of that. So we know like if you, this is my first apartment, we have those, that hat, those glasses that we can look at your application for. We're not going to look at everybody the same way. So I think mm-hmm. like a first time job and stuff like that, you're like, okay, a little bit understanding to that. But I think you're right. Like collecting all those things is beneficial. Absolutely. Absolutely. So you've been in the legal industry now for a few years. Um, yes. And so I'm wondering if you might be able to um, tell us about anything that you feel like should change in the legal industry or like if you could change something, what would that be? I maybe I would change the approachability of the legal world. 
if I could change anything, I would change the perception of legal world being approachable. I think that a lot of people feel lost or unsupported or like they don't fit into the box that's required to check to get to the next stage. And I think that the law does have a lot more like forgiveness to allow people that space to be able to give them help. Mm -hmm. But I think it's very overwhelming. Just even the idea of like walking into an office um, is, is a barrier for a lot of different people. And so I think that if we can help lower those barriers, digital stuff is definitely helping. I think people that maybe wouldn't have had access to resources um, wouldn't have gone into a, a law office. So I think having digital different types of uh, communication is really important. But I think, yeah, mm -hmm. I think ensuring that everybody feels they can reach out and that they could have representation or consultation before mm -hmm. going to sign that job or job uh, employment agreement or before accepting a pension agreement or before anything you mm -hmm. to have a second opinion to have that more approachable and to have it more affordable all of those things yeah you you said it so well and <laughs> in, in um in our last episode you uh, at one point mentioned that like the legal language is somewhat shakespearean and and i couldn't agree more um i think some people think that when it comes to law it's just you can't read it. It's a different language. I don't understand it. It's too complicated. It's too expensive to have someone explain it to me. And I think you and I both are of the mindset that the paralegal profession is there to help that gap. And there are ways to approach law that isn't scary. There are people out there that are willing to give you that free consultation or are willing to break it down for you in a way that you understand. Um, so yeah, I, I think you said that that really well. And I, I too hope that that's something that changes in the legal industry is that it's, it's more approachable. Um, okay, so to end this interview, I thought it'd be fun to just rhyme off a couple um, quick questions. So uh, number one, coffee or tea? coffee favorite book i finished it in lucky lucky by marissa lucky i had her name okay what, what's that book about it is about a fraud <laughs> who um is just navigating like was raised as a child who was yeah a fraud and helped her parents commit frauds <laughs> Hey, I is uh, yeah, stealing lots of money on the run. Very fun. Love it. Love it. Very different. <laughs> Very different. I like that. Yeah, um, it, it's lucky by Marissa Stately. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite podcast, YouTube channel, or Netflix series that you're following right now? I am watching Peaky Blinders for the first time. Mm. Again, I think maybe I get my thrills for criminals through <laughs> jokes and books because my life is so calm. Yeah, yeah. I, you and everyone else. I, I think that's 
that's common. Um, what is your must have tech item right now? I, I think that my must have tech item would probably be my iPad right now because mm -hmm. it's entertainment, it's a book, it's connection with friends, family, it's my organization system, it has everything on it. I think if I lost everything else but had my iPad, I'd be okay. <laughs> I like it. Uh, last question. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? My superpower would be invisibility. I think that yeah. would be pretty cool. Yeah. That you could peer in on things and yeah, I think invisibility would be great. Yeah. I always think of, I too would like to be invisible. And I think it would be great to be able to like walk through museums at night and like cross the lines that you're not allowed to cross. Um, whether it be at like historic places or my nerdness is totally shining right now. I just think it'd be really cool to like walk around a museum invisible and like touch things. I think that would be great. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so very last question. Um, if you had Cassia at 18, right in front of you, what advice would you give her? Uh, I would tell her to just follow her heart. Mm -hmm. just, you're gonna make the right decision. So just trust that you won't put yourself in a terrible situation and that if you feel something's right or wrong, just, just do it accordingly. Just trust yourself. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me, not once, but twice on this podcast. And I, I really appreciate you coming on here. And thank you so much. Thanks for having me. So thank you so much for listening. If you want to watch these episodes, you can see them on YouTube or you can listen to this podcast wherever you listen to your other podcasts. Um, next week, I have Maggie Piper joining me, um, who is the sister of Cassia Piper, and we will be discussing her unique educational journey. So that's all for today. And thank you so much for listening. And I hope you tune in again for the next episode. Cheers.